I want to share some things I've actually shared along this line before, um, but I just felt stirred in, in light of kind of some things going on. I just, and God brought me back to it. And so uh, <clears throat> I want to encourage you more the why behind, why do I need to be involved in a small group? Because some people don't know. And some of you have never heard me talk about it and never heard me encourage you in it. And so I believe, though, that uh, during this time where we're processing through in this transition period, I believe that more importantly than ever for you, that it's important for you to be connected. Um, Not just with the people that you go to church with. Because guess what? You know, in a marriage, what happens? There's a receiving of new people, right? Because guess what? When I married Dara, I married her and her whole family. How many of you realize that? The good, the bad, the crazy, all the in-betweens. She married my family. I mean, there's this what? It's a receiving. And so even during this moment, during this time, I believe, and, and, and with great confidence, I can tell you, you need to be more connected to one another and to the rest of your family than ever before. You know, one of the things that, the, one of the verses that has been in my heart as I've been praying and, and just covering this moment is that the and it's, I won't go into all the details, but it, it, it's, a, it's a scripture and it says, let our hearts be knit together. And it's one of the things that just keeps coming back. Is that God, we need you to connect our hearts. Why? Because you're like, I ain't never been to church with them folks. Exactly. But quit looking at it from a natural perspective. Be spiritual people. Pray. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know these people, but apparently you love them, so I guess I should too. <laughs> and who knows? You might actually find some new friends. You might find some people that you really like. <coughs> You might find people that are actually a real blessing to your life or that you can be a blessing to their life. What a concept. You know, and so, you know, but I I do want to share some things with you, though. And and some of this stuff I've shared before and some of it I'm adding in. But, uh, you know, I've asked you this question almost every year that we've done groups. And so I'm going to ask it again because I've always asked. I'm going to ask it again. Is it it possible that you could attend a, a good church? On the weekend, enjoy worship with God's presence. Hear a message by someone who's anointed to preach the word of God. And yet go home and be completely lonely and isolated. Absolutely it is. You could be lonely the moment you shut the car door out there and be like, man, I wish I had somebody to go to lunch with. Like, let me just help you. And some of this stuff's going to be somewhat natural. You want to know how you're not lonely? You go engage somebody in conversation. You quit waiting for other people to come to you. You're like, well, that's just not my personality. Good, you're in my boat. So guess what? I have to step outside of my comfort zone and go, hi, I'm David. Nice to meet you. Like, yeah, but that's awkward. It's called growth. Now, I know some of you butterflies on the wall are like, hey, people. You know, I get that. That's not me. I'm jealous of you, but that's just not me. But the truth is, is that no one should be lonely in church the bible says that god takes the lonely and he sets them in a family think about that god takes the lonely and he places them in the middle of a family says this is where you belong so when god sends us people guess what god's saying hey this is where i want them to be and you need to receive them But it is absolutely possible to go to a great church. The music be right. Everything's good. I did see a little meme this week. I wish I could remember who posted it, but it made me laugh. How many of you know what a meme is? 
Does anybody not know what a meme is? Okay, a meme is one of those little pictures you see with like a little quote on it. And I don't even remember the full picture, but it made me laugh. And it said, uh, I just didn't really uh, connect with that worship set this morning at church. You know, and so then it's like dot, dot, dot. And then at the bottom it said, it's okay, it wasn't for you. I thought, what a good idea. I'm going to have to remember that one. I wish I would have saved it. I don't remember who posted it, but I'd go back. But, you know, sometimes we can be uh, professional Christians. My pastor was off point today. He didn't study. He didn't pray, obviously. I didn't feel a drop of the anointing. How many of you know that? Look, I've been there. I've had those thoughts. You've had those thoughts. Let's just be honest. You know, the Bible talks about the word being sown, but there was different soil that that went in and the soil made the difference, not the seed that was sown. So maybe it wasn't the word that was presented. Maybe it was the soil that it landed in. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Not at all. Well, what's the soil? The seed is the word of God. The soil is our heart. Guess what? As much as I pray, as much as I study, or anybody for that matter, you're the only one that can till up your heart. You got to do the work in yourself to receive the word of God. So we have to understand these things. So even when we come to relationships, as we begin to marry these two churches, you may have to go up to somebody and be like, hey, you got plans for lunch? I'm not going to buy your lunch, but I'll go to lunch with you. If you're so inclined, you could offer to pay for it, but not necessarily. And I know that, but you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. Good, do it. There's a lot of things I don't want to do. God never gives me an out. I mean, quite honestly, if it was just up to me, I would have been happy to sit right here in El Dorado. That's the truth. But yet, the Lord's saying, you got to make a step. God, I don't want to do that. God's response is, did I ask you? <laughs> I mean, sometimes we think that we're in charge of this thing. No, you were bought. You don't belong to yourself. I don't belong to me. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Well, guess what? God didn't create you to do life alone either. He created us to what? To be in families. Now, I know that we all have family that we would rather disassociate with. I get it. And I'm not saying that everybody in the church got to be your new BFF. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Throwing a little slang around for you there. You're welcome. But there ought to, but I'll say this. As long as you aren't willing to connect, you won't. Why? Because you're just, I'm just a fly on the wall. You know what happens to flies on the wall, right? Side note. But there is some actual spiritual truth in that. Why? Because the devil is looking for lonely people too. The Bible says that we have an enemy and he's what? Looking for whom is an easy target. When you're by yourself, you're an easy target. So, in the early church, they had a model for how they did church. How they did week-to-week life together. If it worked for them and the church grew by the thousands every day, I think it was a good model. But we've got to come back to it. And so it comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. It says, all the believers. What's that first word? All. All. Not some. Not the spiritual guys. 
Not the ones who are just pretending to love Jesus. Not just the leadership. All of the believers devoted themselves. In other words, they made it a priority. To what? To four things. The apostles' teaching. To fellowship. To the sharing in meals, which included the Lord's Supper. They didn't do a little miniature. Like just enough juice to make you mad. And a little bit of cracker when you're really hungry. And you're like, man, I'm ready for lunch. That's not how they did communion. They, it was a full-on meal. Go read in Corinthians. Paul actually gave them correction. Because he's like, hey, y'all are sitting over there with your bellies full. And there's people that didn't even get to partake. That's how they did com- communion. So they did sharing of meals, which included the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And it says, because they were devoted to these four things, they made a priority of these four things. A deep sense of awe came over all. And the, and the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. Now, I can't definitively say this, but this is my belief on verse 43 when it says a deep sense of awe because of their respect and because of the priority of being united and connected together, God showed up. Because the church was what? Concerned about one another. God said, hey, I can do miracles there. I'm going to do signs and wonders. I mean, like people want to pray. And man, we got to intercede. We got to believe God for miracles. Let me challenge your thought. I think we ought to pray for it, but I think if we were in unity, God would just show up. Why? Because we're two or three gathered in my midst. I'm in the midst. Wherever Jesus shows up, signs and wonders start happening. I ain't got to beg him to do it. It's just who he is. So maybe we should stop praying for God to do miracles and start acting like the body of Christ that we see in Scripture and all the things we're praying for will just start happening. I don't have to go to the prayer service And there's nothing wrong with these. I mean, I believe in prayer. I mean, hope you know that. I don't have to wait for somebody to come lay hands on me. I can be in my small group and, hey, man, I'm I'm dealing with something in my life. Can y'all just pray with me? The same Holy Spirit who could heal you here can heal you in the middle of McDonald's. It's no different. It's just this idea that we have, well, the music's got to be right. Everything's got to be per. No. The only thing you need is faith. The environment doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, faith will change your environment. So, so we see four elements here. I'm going to break these down quickly. Four elements that they did. Number one was the apostles' doctrine. So this would be teaching, instructing, and discipleship. They were committed to growing. They were going to listen to the word much like you are right now. This is teaching. This is, you know, I mean, I said this way. This happens in rows. But guess what? There ain't a whole lot of conversation happening right now because I'm just standing up here talking. And you're listening. That's not a conversation. But there are times that we need to listen to the word taught in context. Because rabbit trails happen when people start. I'm as bad as anybody about this. So there are times where we need to be instructed in the word of God. The second thing was in fellowship. Now I'm going to give you a, a, a way of looking at this. Fellowshipping is not just standing around and talking. Hey, we're going to talk about fantasy football. That's not the fellowship that it's talking about. It's really talking about uh, here is that it's a participation in discussing what was taught. So in other words, you're talking about Scripture. Hey, let's talk about what Pastor talked about on Sunday. I don't know if I agree with that. Or I have a question about that. Well, where are you going to get that answered? In fellowshipping with one another, with believers? You don't want to go talk to your atheist friend about the Scriptures. That's not wise. You need to go talk to another believer. The third thing is breaking of bread. So in other words, communion, but also biblically, it was the sharing of a meal together. 
Invite somebody over to your house. I don't want to do that. That's weird. Somebody invited me to their house. That's weird. No, they're trying to be nice. They're trying to open up their life to you and welcome you into that. Now, the last thing is prayer. It's important. Why? Because prayer is speaking or connecting with God personally. That's an important part. A lot of people do the first three and they don't do the last one. It's like, well, where's God's involvement in that? I want the supernatural. I want the help of the Holy Spirit in my life. And we all ought to want that. But it says here in verse 47, it says, All the while, so while all this is going on, it says they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, I don't have, well, maybe I'll get into it next week. We'll see. In our culture, many times people want to belong more than they want to believe what we believe. And if we'll let them belong first, they get around you. Guess what? You are who you run around with, right? We talk about it in the negative. It's good in the positive too. But the church will grow when we're committed to one another. Romans 18.1 out of the New King James says this. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And it says, and I like this second part because it speaks. It says, he rages against all wise judgment. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And he rages against himself from wise judgment. The Amplified Bible says it this way. He who willfully separates himself from God and others. It says man in the Amplified Bible. I'm say others. Seeks his own desire and he fights against all sound wisdom. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. I'll read that again. He who willfully separates himself from God and people seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. See, you can come to church on the weekend, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get connection. Now, there's ways to get connected. You can be on a serve team. You can be involved in kids' ministry. You can be involved in various areas of the church. And yeah, you can build some relationships that way. But also, there is a degree, though, where we have to connect to one another. Well, that connection doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. I've shared that with you before. It's face-to-face. You know, one of the things that I have learned about eating, when I open my mouth, I open my heart. That's why I like to go eat with people. There's just, it's just a connection. I don't know. And your heart just opens up. And, and there's relationship. And it's, just, it's like it's connected, you know. It's just like pull a string. It's just, boom, it happens. It's subconscious. If you don't believe me, Try it out. Tell somebody, hey, I just want to go sit down and talk with you. It's kind of weird. And it's going to be kind of awkward unless you know them. Or you can say, hey, you want to go grab lunch? I'm hungry. Why not? I got to eat. Might as well be with somebody. And guess what? It it breaks the awkwardness. At least gives you something to talk about. Your burger good? At least gives you something to start with. I love this. I've shared this before, but it's too good not to share. So, like one of my favorite things that I've ever uh, found in all my research and study about uh, being connected personally. Now, this was an independent medical review. This had nothing to do with church, but yet the principle applies. Harvard researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die early in life than those who had strong relational connections. Now, this is Harvard Medical School is where this came from. It says people who had bad health Health habits, such as smoking, poor eating habits, obesity, alcohol abuse, but strong social ties live significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. 
says, in other words, this is my favorite part. You don't have to worry about all the jargon. I like this. It says, in other words, it's better to eat Twinkies with friends than eat broccoli alone. I love that. Amen. Like, give me a Twinkie and a friend all day. You can keep your broccoli and all that mess. I don't care how much ranch and cheese. and you, know, you can just keep it. Give me some friends and some Twinkies. Deep fry it, too, while you're at it. Medical science agrees with me. As long as I got a friend to eat it with, we're good. Now, what I'm not saying is that you just need more friends. I'm not telling you, you just need to go find some people to hang out with. What I'm talking about is a, is a true spiritual connection. In other words, a heart-to-heart, a spirit-to-spirit connection. That, man, we pray together. We're not just going to talk about our problems. We're actually going to engage spiritually to help solve them together. I mean, it's one thing for me to pray. It's one thing for even me and my wife to pray. But it's something else when we go to another friend, another couple, and say, hey, could y'all be in agreement with us? It's a whole different... Just the effectiveness of it is very different. Romans chapter 10, or I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 10. This is the Apostle Paul. I believe he wrote Romans. Some people debate it. I think he wrote it. In verse 10 it says... uh, One of the things that I pray for is this opportunity, God willing, to come and to see you. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking to people. I told you I believe it's him. I believe it's him. You can hold whatever belief you want, but I believe it's him. But there's a reason why he said, I want to come see you. One of the things that I believe in, and I've even shared this from the pulpit, one of the things that I believe that we're coming back to is the connection of the church. Like, my hand needs to... Be on you. Like when I pray, I'm not just, let me just pray for you from a distance. There's nothing wrong with that. But I believe personally, hey, let me, let me have your hands. Let me hold your hand. Let me pray for you. I don't have to like, you know, go and slap somebody or do something. No, I can just put my hand on, the, on their shoulder. Everything in the kingdom transfers relationally. Everything. So when that's why like when our kids go to, to camp or they go different places or even like well why do I need to come down to get prayed for because there's something supernatural that can happen when when there's a a touch you know there's people I was was reading something here just recently that they actually have people now they're volunteers but they get paid to go to the NICU just to hold little babies physical touch and people volunteer to go in there and they just hold these little babies maybe the mom's sick or maybe for whatever reason and that's their job. That's their role. Why? And they've actually seen that it has tremendous effects on these little infant babies. That many are born premature or they're, they're not uh, fully developed or whatever the case is. And they've seen the difference in a baby who lays there by themselves, untouched, unloved, because the nurses are busy, what, caring for, you know, all these babies. They need somebody for that, what, that human touch. I mean... Neurologically, in your brain, they can see the effects of what a hug does. I mean, I'm back in the South, so I can say this. When we were in Kansas, Dara said people didn't know how to hug. She's like, I need a Southern hug. Like, just come here. It's one of them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's not this little polite, like, nice to see you. Uh, no. It's just like all like, oh, we're going there. Okay. <laughs> you just kind of get sucked in. You're like, whoa. That's a southern hug, right? I mean, think about this. Let me just give you another example. 
You know, it's one thing to get together. But one of the things I love about getting together with other believers that's even different from many people is I laugh. I just laugh. It just makes me laugh. It just makes me feel better. I mean, like we got Wednesday night. You're like, golly, I don't want to come to church on a Wednesday night. Do you need to laugh in the middle of the week? Just find a way to get with some people and just lighten up and laugh. Like the week's long. I know. That's why it's a midweek service to help get you through the week. Not really a service, but it's a midweek gathering and whatever you want to call it. Get together and laugh. Proverbs says that laughter does the heart good like medicine. I mean, to laugh is good for your soul. It really is. Well, what happens when you get in a small group? Somebody's going to say something crazy and you're like, you're the dumbest person, but that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. I'm glad I didn't say that. Let's pray for you in the name of Jesus. I mean, you never know. What's, and it's just like, but because of that connection, that relationship, life begins to happen. And next thing you know, you're like, man, I'm growing. I didn't even know. It's because you're in a relationship. Now let me get back to Scripture. I'm supposed to be reading three Scriptures. I got to one. So Paul says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity to come, God willing, to see you at last. For I long to visit you that I can bring some spiritual gift that you will grow strong in the Lord. He says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged uh, by yours as well. The message translation says it this way. It says, don't think that I'm not expecting to get something out of this too. You have as much to give me as I do to you. I like that one. And the, I think it's the New King James says that, that we would both be mutually encouraged or we'd be both encouraged by our mutual faith. Hey, you're part of the family. I'm part of the family. Let's encourage one another. Like, well, how do you do that? It's, man, God saved you. God redeemed you. God's healed you. God's delivered you. You start talking. Just tell me your story. Tell me what God's done in your life. Why do you serve Jesus? Well, I don't know. You might want to think about that and come up with an answer. But then be ready to give that answer. Somebody ask you. Tell me your story. I mean, if you don't know what to, you're like, well, if I invite somebody to dinner, what am I going to ask them? If I go to lunch with them, what are we going to talk about? Hey, just tell me your story. How'd you get here? How, how did you come to know God? Just invest. Just invite this. And you're like, well, they never asked me about mine. That's okay. You make the investment. I mean, there are some of you who are in our church right now who have been here for years and have never asked one person in this church, tell me your story. Tell me how you came to know the Lord. And you've been sitting here for years. I don't say that to, to be heavy. I'm just, I want it to prove a point, though. Something happens in us when we share our story. Something happens in us when other people tell us their story. I mean, here's the crazy thing. If you just ask people that, you might actually meet somebody who's been going to church for years that says, I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I've been going to church for a long time. I've just never had anybody actually ask me. I've been too embarrassed to walk down front. Everybody thinks I'm saved, but I know I'm not. Hey, would you like to be? We can pray right now. That's being a friend to somebody. But it's personal. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, same thing. Oh, man, I don't know. I got questions about that. Well, let's talk about it. Let's just talk. 
I'm not going to preach at you, but let me, how'd you, let me just tell you how I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know, that's weird. It's okay. It seems weird right now. Let's just talk about it. And the next thing you know, what? You're helping people. Not only are you helping them, you're actually helping yourself, even if you don't know it. It does us good to share in what we claim to believe. Now, I shared this with you last year, but I'm going to share it with you again, is that I believe that, that really to see the full impact of, of the life that God has for us, it requires three things. I really believe this because, and, and I, I don't have time to teach all of it and get into it, but I believe that there's uh, the power of the pulpit, the preaching of God's word. It will never go away. We always need men and women who are anointed of God to stand in a pulpit and to preach the, the uncompromised word of God. Why? Because truth sets people free. I mean, that's what the Bible says. There, we always, and so that's why when people are like, I don't need to be involved in a church. Well, that violates scripture. You need to be a part of a family. I mean, Jesus said, the closer you see to my return, don't neglect coming together. Like, well, that didn't mean in a church building. How's your spiritual life? Let me walk with you for a week. Because by yourself, you're not healthy. I know that. And I don't mean in a physical, I mean in a heart, soul, spirit way. It's impossible to get healthy by yourself. Like, I don't believe that. I'll show you here in a minute from Scripture. So I believe in the preaching of God's word. I believe it's very important, but I also believe in the power of the circle, face-to-face, relationship. We've got to be connected together. And none of those two things matter without the third one, which is the power of the Spirit. You can go to a church and never be open to the Holy Spirit to move. Well, you're not going to get a whole lot out of that service then. Why? Because you're shut off. You're like, mm, I'm just here to punch my time clock. Not saying, God, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, I invite you to speak into my heart this morning. I, I need a touch from heaven right now. I'm, I'm struggling. I, I'm, I'm weary in my faith in this moment. Well, the preaching of the Word of God can help you, but not without the help of the Holy Spirit. When you get in a small group, you ought to pray and say, Lord, I just thank you that I, something's going to be said tonight that's going to spark something in me. Or maybe you spark something in me that I need to share that, somebody, that would be a blessing to somebody else. But just sitting there in our own wisdom, it ain't enough. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be active. We need all three. We need people to help teach us what we don't know. We need groups to what? To help us process what we've heard and what that actually looks like in our day-to-day life. We need that. Why? Because there's discussion that's being had. And you can ask questions about, hey, this was said or that was said. And I didn't understand what in the world this scripture was about. I never even heard it. I don't know what that... You have a place to talk. You have a place to, to be that for other people as well. There's this dialogue back and forth. You get the opportunity to pray with one another. I mean, how cool would it be for a testimony to come to say, hey, last week we prayed for so-and-so in our small group. They went to the doctor the next day and they got healed of cancer. Where were y'all at? Oh, we were over here at the house. It was pretty cool. But they got healed. Oh, I thought you'd do that at the church. No, dummy, the church ain't the building. It's the people in it. I don't know why I'm just a little, a little extra today. I just feel it. A missionary that we have uh, that's been here a few times named Egan Falk shared a, uh, an African proverb one time. He says, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far, walk together. 
It's an African proverb. You want to walk fast? Go ahead. Be the roadrunner. You know. But if you want to walk far, get a friend. Get a friend. I mean, I don't know about you. I've had to dig some holes. It's a lot better with somebody. I've had to dig some holes by myself. Not a lot of fun. It's pretty slow going. It's a lot easier with two people. At least I got somebody to talk to. Something. Let me read you these scriptures. Over in James chapter 5. I made a statement a minute ago. And I'm going to qualify my statement here. Because I told you. I said I didn't believe you could ever get healthy alone. Soullessly. Spirit. I don't, I don't believe it's possible. And I'm going to show you here. James chapter 5. It says in verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church and to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them well. So I want you to catch this last part of verse 15 here. It says, if you have, uh, if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Now there is confession to God involved in this. And God, man, I blew it. He says that you'll be forgiven of your sins. But then he goes in verse 16 and he says, confess your sins to each other. Well, I've gotten it right between me and God. Well, Scripture's saying that there's, not saying that you've got to have every, like, man, Tuesday at 9.30 I did this. At 9.45 I did that. At 9.46 I did this. At 9.48 I said this. I'm not saying like that. You're not logging your mistakes. But there are times that the Lord will prompt you and say, you need to go talk to somebody. I don't want to go tell them. What are they going to think? They're going to think that you're actually humble enough to ask for help. That's what they're going to think. And then they're going to realize like, oh, that's what I need to do. Man, I thought I had to sit here silently and just deal with my issues by myself. But man, apparently they trust me. I guess I can trust them. Now listen, watch what the scripture says. Verse 16 says, confess your sins, your faults, your slips, all those things to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed that word is whole restored to like nothing had ever happened see there's many people that have gone to God and they said man God I'm sorry I blew it I messed up but they're still dealing with that and they don't know why the weight of that still sits on them it's because they've never just went and owned it to somebody else but you go and own it and you say hey can we just pray can we just pray about this because healing will come through relationship it does healing comes through relationship Forgiveness can only come from God. Nobody else can forgive your sins. But relationally, we get healed. And this is important. So even as we're talking about, uh, you know, this shacks. So this is the why behind it. This is why it's the way that the church grew in the book Acts. And it didn't stop working. A lot of good things sometimes, kind of like what I told you, is that we were trying to figure out like what we were going to do and how we were going to arrange services. And it was like, let's just go back to the beginning. Because that all seemed pretty simple. Come together with a new name and a neutral location. That's pretty straightforward. But yet we, as in me and Pastor Jason, Darren and Alicia, are doing what? We're trying to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Sometimes you just got to come back to what works. It worked in the book of Acts. It'll still work today. Not only will it work, I believe it will work better than the way we've always done church. But it takes us really connecting in in this way. And so you have another card.